Is it lawful to cure on the Sabbath? That should be a no-brainer question, really, when it comes down to it. Of course, it should be lawful to, to do good, right? To do that which is holy, to free one from their bonds of illness. And yet, that was not the conviction of many of the Pharisees and the, the law, uh, the scribes of the day. To be able to lift a finger to do any good for another person was inherently sinful, which seems a bit odd. Because then, as our Lord wisely points out, you know, if your ox or ass falls into, falls into a pit, would you let him sit there for 24 hours or so until you can, until you can come get him and, you know, kind of hope for the best? And they're all silent. Of course, the answer would be no. You would get the thing. And if we would show, show charity to an ox or an ass, why is it okay to dispense with charity to one made in the image and likeness of God? It's not. And so it is permissible to do good on the Sabbath, to show love to another, to offer kindness, to bring healing, as our blessed Lord does. And of course, as, as, as he is, he comes and brings healing to the man and sends him off. It's for us to reflect upon, the, again, the nature of the Sabbath. We know that our Lord elsewhere, as he's walking with his disciples, with the twelve who are gathered around him, uh, walking through the fields of grain, they're picking the heads of grain and rubbing it in their hands to be able to provide for themselves nourishment. And they're rebuked for this as well. And the Lord reminds those who rebuke him that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath, indeed, all rules that, that are given to us are for our sanctification. The rules that the Lord God gave to his people from the first, the one rule of don't eat from that tree, and then the ten rules of the Ten Commandments, and those that kind of flowered from there as the people continued to be disobedient to the Lord, he had to provide more and more guidance to be able to keep them on the straight and narrow, so to speak. All of the rules were for the human person to be able to to know what is good, to be able to follow that which is good, to do that which is good to have clarity in these things. The laws were made for us to grow in holiness and ultimately to be able to love the Lord our God and our neighbor more and more perfectly. And so, a rule cannot prevent us from loving because the rule is for us to increase in love, to increase in charity. And so this is uh, part of the gift of what we offer is especially this gift of charity offered to us by the Lord. Otherwise, if it were not for us to do work on, on, the, on the Sabbath uh, in any way, shape, or form, all of you people would be sitting here and enjoying a nice, quiet morning because I'd be in the rectory, sitting there reading a book or something, perhaps, because I'm working right now. So with Carla and Daniel and... Uh, Keith and the sacristy, right, and our altar servers and such. This is a labor, but it is a labor of love for our Lord. It is a labor of love that, that allows us to come and to give right worship to Him. It is for us, indeed, all to be able to draw close to the good Lord. And so we understand that, that this particular law is not an absolute in every single scenario, but rather is generally for our good. 
But in that sense also, though, unfortunately, it is very often simply set aside entirely. This rule of the Sabbath rest, very often, is something that, that is not seriously understood, and the fruits are not received, and the fruits are necessary for us. The fruits of the Sabbath are that we're able to rest in the Lord, first and foremost. Family is indeed a special part of the, of, of the Sabbath. It is a good and holy thing. I remember my own, my own childhood. Every single Sunday, it was, never, it was never a question of, what are we doing this afternoon? It was always, we're going to Granny's house, and I'm going to play in the yard, and you're all going to talk around the table, and at some point, I'll get cookies, because that's what you do on Sunday, right? That's the thing. This is the rhythm of life for us. In our world today, so much has become focused upon productivity, upon producing something, doing something, proving our worth in the world, how much our wonderful technology allows us to have access to work and to be accessible from work at every single moment of the day so that our phones like to chime and buzz and light up with notifications about the work that's due tomorrow morning from some soul that's not observing the Sabbath themselves, and then inviting us to join them in the fun. It's the reality of things, how tempting it is to allow Sunday to become another day of Saturday, a free day, extra time to make up for what we've not been able to accomplish that week, or to be able to accomplish things that we have for the week coming up, and so to be able to, to enjoy Monday through Friday evenings a bit more, because we can have a bit more rest because we also did a lot of things on Sunday and it kind of evened out a bit more. Our world would love for us to simply forget Sunday, not to see it as truly what it is meant to be for us. A day of recreation, certainly, as indeed it is the eighth day where we are made new creations in Christ by virtue of our baptism, and so we're able to rejoice in being new creations. But it is, again, first and foremost, for our recollection. It is for prayer, for resting in the Lord God. And this can come in a variety of ways. One is the fulfillment of what exactly you're doing here now, to be able to attend Holy Mass, to fulfill the obligation to keep holy the Sabbath. But it's for us also to do those other things that allow us to grow in holiness, it may be an opportunity to spend extra time with our Lord in quiet in church, perhaps before or after Mass for a bit. That's why part of the reason that we offer Sunday Vespers as we do each, uh, each month, and hopefully increasingly so in the future, to be able to allow Sunday to be not just a day of rest and prayer in the morning, but also a time for the evening to come and to, to rest in the presence of our Lord and to sing His praises. It's also an opportunity for us perhaps to do some good spiritual reading, to read the lives of the saints, and to find nourishment and encouragement for our soul, to allow us to draw close to the good Lord, where throughout the busyness of the week, sometimes he can get pushed aside. I was mindful of that, even how the, the spiritual writers of the church, the spiritual masters, very often they are pr very practical, very practical in their thoughts. I was reflecting the other day in, on the book um, Difficulties in Mental Prayer from Dom Eugene Boylan, and he was re reflecting that, that we ought to make time for at least three hours a week for, for spiritual reading in some fashion. 
seems a lot for some people I know, but that's his standard you know, that he sets. And he said, so it, it could be good for us to, you know, to take 30 minutes a day through the whole course of the week. Or he says, if your week is very busy, Sunday, because you are resting, is a great time to simply read a larger chunk of it. He's presuming that we're resting. And we can fill that time with holy things, holy reading, that can continue to, again, convict us and to convert us in our holiness of life. Also, too, one may be able to turn to uh, technology to actually be an aid to this. We are uh, we're grateful to be able to offer to all of our parishioners um, a subscription, the subscription to formed.org. You hear about it every now and then. We try to put things in the bulletin about it. But form.org is, a, is an online resource. It's a phone app. It's accessible on your TV and your computer and every other thing that's connected to the Internet. But it's a, a, basically a resource library of the Catholic faith and an immense amount of, of books in PDF of, of talks that are able to be downloaded, of videos, of Bible studies, of, of movies of the lives of the saints. It's an incredible gift to us that can be offered in simply allowing our faith to be nourished even in that method. To be able to sit down on a Sunday evening and to watch a story of the lives of the saints. And any of you who's ever watched any of the Ignatius movies on the saints, you know that they are not short things. I said, I think it will be a miracle uh, proclaimed by the Vatican whenever the Ignatius Press somehow produces a saint video that's under two hours long. All of them seem to tap out at just over three. But it's a nice opportunity to be able to, to kind of take a slow mosey through their life, to watch for an hour each, each Sunday, and to cover a saint for that particular month. Maybe to, to, to add on to that even by reading some of their work, perhaps, or listening to, to other, other talks that may accompany it, these kinds of things. Especially, we could also add the fact of praying as a family, if indeed you are, you are part of a family unit, or at least a couple, or can join with others. How tremendous to be able to ensure that at least once a week, if not regularly, to be able to gather to pray a family rosary, to offer prayers to our Blessed Mother, to pray for family intentions, family needs, what's coming up this week, who it is that we know that is in need of some extra grace or blessing from the Lord, and as a family to pray for these things and to pray for one another. All these are simple things, but they are things that we can easily pass by, easily just ignore, neglect, forget, because our business of our world is always having us go, go, go in so many things. But it's our Lord who invites us to come and to find rest, because indeed, He desires to bring healing to our soul as well. And that's part of the, the truly forgotten aspect of the Sunday rest. It is not our Lord who, who comes and just simply wants to heal just one man on the Sabbath by having him stretch out his hand. The Sabbath is, is restorative to us as humans to be able to simply abide in the Lord, to remember that we are made for more than this world of work and labor in the Valley of Tears, but to remember and to allow our hearts to increase in that hope that sets our hearts in heaven, where we are made for true worship of the one true God for all eternity. And it's healing for that especially that we need. And so as we offer this Holy Mass, we give thanks to God 
for this day that the Lord has given to us and for us. And we pray that we might take full advantage of it to allow it to bear much fruit for our soul.